Welcome to another episode of the Dibbly Dobblers Cricket Podcast. As always, I am your main host, Callum. And as always, I'm joined by producer, director, dinner lady, carpenter. Carpenter. <laughs> That's stretching it. That's really stretching it. Woodcutter. <laughs> Woodcutter and screwer together. That's it. Andrew. You all right? I'm all right. I mean, the one thing I will apologise to to our viewers, I mean, folk listening to the podcast, I mean, I'm in a t-shirt, which is a bit of a rare occurrence. I feel like I've also got shorts on, so the, the nipple game could be strong during <laughs> this episode. So <laughs> people might understand why I wear hoodies most of the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like a certain high yeah. school geography teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Way over the listener's head, but you get it. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Uh, we're giving context for the carpenter stuff for that. I mean, improving my cricket club. Yeah, he is, you yeah. know, he's just a saint, as yeah, Andrew. So, yeah. Made a step yeah. out of garden sleepers. Yeah, absolutely. I so mean, it's not a thing of beauty, but practicality. No, absolutely. Looks, I mean, it looks Function like over form. <laughs> the Neds are not going to be able to pick that up and run off with no, it. I reckon it's a two-man left. <laughs> Excellent. Good job I'm picking you uh, Good job I'm, I was going to say I'm picking you up, but you're driving. But uh, yes, I'm coming yeah. here. I mean, I don't I think, I'm not sure it'd fit in your car, to be fair. <laughs> oh, probably not. Yeah. I can hardly fit much more than my cricket bag in my car. <laughs> it's not great when I have yeah. to do the driving. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, what I must start the episode with, though, Andrew, is I, I, I do owe you a public apology. Oh, you absolutely do. I You're do. right. Um, you, you know, do. dropped the dolliest of dollies. Um, I'm just going to assume it's because I was fat and tired. <laughs> um, I don't know what else. I... I'm still a bit fizzing with you, to be perfectly honest. I, I think actually what it really is is that, you know, I just couldn't have you having better figures than me. So Well, that was never going to happen with the amount of runs I conceded. So. I know, Christ. I wish when I was batting I was facing you, Andrew. Christ, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'd have probably still just blocked those full tosses. I'm like, no, I'm none of that. <laughs> Can't get out to that embarrassment. Just defend that. Uh, I mean, I did eventually get the wicket that I should have had about three overs out Oh, God, you still not stopped going on about it. I mean, I've said, sorry, what more do you want? Just for you to catch the blooming ball, <laughs> that's all. Well, <laughs> you know, it was, it, you know, it wasn't the team ethos at the weekend to actually catch the ball. It clearly wasn't, no. We, so. we another another defeat for us this weekend, but but a, less a, a better performance. We got beat by effectively by a player the standard up, so yeah, absolutely live with that. So we can. you're right. Um, you know, so clearly at least me returning didn't bring the win, but brought some credibility to the team. The win's coming this week. Absolutely, it's coming this week. I can't guarantee the catches, but the win. The win will come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now um, that's out of the way. We should really get on with the actual podcast. We should, yes. So, um, our week two team of the week is what's up first? Aye, team of, team of the week. Aye. Team so, of the week. we actually had a full set of games went on at the weekend. Yep. In all divisions. Don't think I saw any games cancelled. Um, no, nope, don't think so. So, yes, yeah, so we had lots to choose from. Um, it was pretty much slim picking first inning stuff we had in the first week. So, um, you want to bring it up on the screen, Andrew? Yeah, or? I mean, I think there was probably 14 or 15 performances that were in contention for it this week, which, I mean, we had to make decisions. We, we did, yeah, because I think it was probably fairly straightforward from memory last week. Yeah, um, it was. But yeah. yeah, there was a couple of people with 
forfers that didn't get in, couple of fifty plus, go, you know, like, and not just a fifty, um, couple of sort of sixties and things that didn't make make the cut. So that yeah. kind of tells you about the standard. Um, and we had a first couple of fifers, so sort of like in, in the same game. Indeed, yeah, we did. Um, so they came in the um, Arbroath against Dundee High School. Um, and you can see Bruce Pritchard of Arbroath took five for 31 off his nine overs. And Jamal Chowdhury of Dundee High took five for 37 off his nine. Um, so, yeah, two, two fivers. They get straight into the team of the week. Yep. If they could get the scorecards in earlier, that would be excellent. So we don't <laughs> have to change our team of the week. Yes, because they were <laughs> late additions. <laughs> Um, yes, and not avid Twitter users either, so you can't even really follow what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, so and Le- Lee Patterson also got a, a 78, defying the Fifers there in that. I think that, that was actually one of them that was a 69 oi, oi, um, in that <laughs> game. So, <laughs> aye, so some good batting and bowling. Yeah, um, three tons in there as well. So uh, Leonard Bester of Stonywood Dice got 127 not out against Falkland. Yeah, uh, Ra- Raju... Gayashan for Meagle got 129 of 96. It was clearly a day for the score in the 20s of 90 120 odd, odd off 90 odd, yeah. <laughs> because Safi and Sharif got 123 off 91 against Perth Duca, and he also took 3 for 30 with the ball. Aye, um, decent so player, like to be fair. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've said it before, he is far too good a player to be playing at that level, but most of the pros are, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see that, that, you know, this year. We're going to see pros and, I mean, he's probably featuring... Well, you've got Raju in there for the second week in a row, yep. um, for example. Well, I noticed while one of them is on a, is a friendly game on the on the new live score system, he's already scored 300 runs for the year. Yeah. Because he got a 40, I think, through the week, so, um, in the T20, which... The T20s, just in case anyone's thinking, because there, there was a couple of good performances in that. They don't, they're not considered in this week's team of the week. They'll Our weeks are Monday to Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Working week, yeah. well, yeah. and the weekend, obviously. But yeah. yeah, so they'll, in case you're up in arms about them being missing, they'll, uh, they'll come into contention. Plus, it means if we have to change the night we're recording, it doesn't chop and change whether we consider it or not yeah um, so for those of you that are not watching on youtube so don't see the graphic the team of the week in full is craig wallace for the second week in a row he got 72 off 42 against Stu Mel. um abrar ahmed uh 80 off 67 against stony white stonywood dice twos stony white <laughs> apologies stonywood dice twos um for gordonians uh Safian Sharif, as we've discussed, then Raju Gayashin, uh, Lee Patterson of Arbroath, that 78 that we mentioned, and then Leonard Bester for his 127 not out. Um, Hasib Kiani for the second week in a row makes the team of the week. Um, he scored 48 and took four for 35 for Strathmore against Kinloch. Kinloch. I'm struggling to, to name teams tonight. It's not going very well. <coughs> Um, it doesn't normally when you talk, Andrew. <laughs> it doesn't, sorry. you're right. Uh, Jack Hogarth of Forfarshire, uh, he took four for, four for 22 against Stu Mel. Um, and then another Stonywood Dice performance against Falkland, uh, Nikhil Ninan, who he took four for 20. Uh, and then the two fifers that we mentioned from Bruce Pritchard and Jamal Chowdhury uh, complete the team of the week. 
Alright, do you like my graphic this week, Andrew? I think your graphic is absolutely excellent. Um, it's great that we've got all the information there. I know. It's, it's wonderful. It meant that I could just look in one place rather than going between notes and I then know. the graphic. Well, you're doing all the producing and directing. I thought, you know, I'd better up yeah. the graphic game. So, something... Even more reason to get us on YouTube if you're not watching us on YouTube. Because then you can see the pretty graphics. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. and now they can see our pretty face. That's unfortunate yeah. for them. <laughs> 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 All yeah. the viewers are like, put the graphics back, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, do you want the Player of the Week graphic to come up now then, do we? Well, we probably should. Yeah, I mean, it was the big contribution with the bat and a decent contribution with the ball. He's far too good for the level he's playing at. But Player of the Week, Safian Sharif for his 123 off 91 balls and is 3 for 30 off 9 overs against Perth Duca in a pretty tight victory actually Duca ran them fairly close well and also I mean Falkland yeah I mean Falkland uh, sorry not Falkland uh, that's the worst team to slip up when you're talking about Fruki Fruki had a monster at the end as well um, in terms of just piled on the runs towards the end um, Mosin went for 53 off 2 overs not sure why he was bowling at the death mind you but um, I'm assuming there was maybe a miscalculation on overs or, or something, yeah. but um, yeah, so I mean, those late flurry of runs kind of really got them over the line in the end, um, but yeah, I think having the quality of Sharif really just was too much in the end for Partukit. Yeah, and he's he's going to do that to plenty of teams um, in the NEC this year, I would suspect. Yeah, not good to have moved down to Division 1, I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, four for sure managed to keep him fairly quiet in week one, to their credit, but um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I can't remember what his, what his results were, but yeah, um, I suppose you've, got, you've probably got to get him early, will be the big key, especially with the bat. And yes, you're probably yeah, just you trying to see him off for his nine overs with the ball. But um, yeah. I think a well-deserved player of the week. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, just after our podcast last week was recorded, uh, Scotland announced their squad, which is going to travel to Texas um, to face the USA and the UAE. The first one-day internationals to be played in Texas. Exciting times. I uh, yeah, I mean, I I would imagine I can just imagine the face of some like proper redneck Texans <laughs> driving by a field of like, what is that? <laughs> it's like baseball, but wrong. <laughs> but they bounce the ball. What is this? Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, credit to the Americans because they're getting you know we've seen these major league stadium expansions it's something we kind of touched on briefly before on this podcast um about what they're doing and maybe whether Scotland could try and follow some suit with it but you know and that's credit that they're able to hold games in multiple locations already at this stage um so yeah it'll be interesting to see no idea what conditions will be like in Texas to be honest um I don't know. I'd imagine either like Australian, South African hard road decks or just like really dry and spin friendly. Yeah. Almost sort of subcontinental yeah. type. So yeah, that's, when we go, that's when the live stream goes up and it's just green. And you're like, oh, right. It's an astro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's have a look at the Scotland squad then. So, um, 
you've got uh, Skippered by Kyle Coatser, uh, Richie Berrington, Dylan Budge, Matthew Cross, Ollie Davidson, uh, Chris Greaves, Michael Lees, Cal McLeod, Gavin Main, George Munsey, Adrian Neal, Safian Sharif, Chris Soul, and Hamza Tahir. And Brad Curry is uh, a travelling reserve as well. Yeah, so obviously missing some f- some of the usual county faces. Um, yes. I just think one of the things, you know, at points during this podcast, we will probably not always have the best things to say about Cricket Scotland and their communication. But actually, one of the things I really liked, and I was just bringing it up on my laptop, was about the squad announcement, was they actually told you about the players who were omitted from the squad. Mm, yeah. And I think one of the things is because Cricket Scotland have actually been historically not the best communicators it actually lets us know what's going on why are these players and yeah don't get me wrong that there are plenty of people who know about scottish cricket in depth who will understand why these players are not playing but i think this is a step in the right direction explaining why they're not because we're trying to attract new cricket fans and actually clear and transparent communication about what's going on i think is quite a key part to that um but yeah, I mean, it's predominantly... I think there was... Hamza Tahir's travelling back. He's missing the final game because he's getting married. All right, so okay. congratulations to him um, for that. Um, and I'm just trying to bring the bit up where... Yeah, so they had a squad notes section. So Michael Jones, Brad Wheel, Josh Davey, George Scott and Rudy Smith were all unavailable for selection. Well, I'm not sure all of them would necessarily have been selected anyway. But due to county commitments, Mark Watt due to Derbyshire's T20 blast. Yeah, Finn and Mc- he's I guess the big, the he, big miss. Yeah, he's, he's um, the one that we kind of were used to seeing yeah. in all the squads. I could maybe circle back to that because I know we've had a wee conversation off air about about that. Um, Finn McCree was injured in Dubai. Um, Chris McBride is university commitments shows the sort of. Was still what the level even for one of the top associate nations that's yeah. still got to contend with that and then yeah there's the Hamza to here missing the final game but yeah to come back to the Mark Watt point is obviously you'd sort of said about when we saw this squad you were like, oh Mark Watt is missing because we had sort of chatted about would he be yeah. missing and would he not and actually I think given that it's fair to say Mark Watt's one of our frontline bowlers. I think this shows you where Scottish cricket has moved on because I think in days gone by, if we were missing somebody who was deemed to be a really frontline bowler, I think it would be like, oh, right, there's a really obvious hole in the squad. Yeah. And I actually, I'm not saying you wouldn't rather have him there, but I'm not actually convinced there's that obvious. Like, it's well, not absolutely. as obvious I mean, a hole. When you can, you can replace him with Chris Greaves, who performed really well in the World Cup, which is another really strong spin option and is better with the bat than what yeah um yeah y- you're right it yeah you probably lose a little bit in the flexibility that what gives you in terms of where he can bowl yeah um but it's not a massive difference no i don't and the thing is is obviously we're saying we don't know what the pitch is going to be like in texas you may also not want to play two spinners. Well, mm. you you will always play two spinners because Leask is going to be selected. Yes. So, and Leask has come on so much with with the ball that I'm not unless they're really dry and turn like mad. I I would have possibly been surprised to see to hear him what 
and Leask all playing in these games. I yeah. would assume we're going to find something a bit more seam friendly, but um, I could be wrong on that front, of course. Yeah, wouldn't it be the first time? <laughs> Certainly wouldn't. <laughs> um, and I suppose uh, interesting um, or selection of note was a seventeen-year-old Ollie Davidson in the squad for the first time. Yeah. Um, so he's a left-arm spinning all-rounder, although primarily a bat, I believe. Well, yeah. I mean, that was always kind of my impression. I'm sure he opened. Does he not open the batting in the World Cup? recently with the under 19 I could not honestly tell you for um, sure. again could be totally wrong but I, that's what sticks in my head but yeah I, yeah, the assumption is because Tahir is missing the final game I would assume they're bringing Davidson along to potentially play in that final right. game would yeah. that would you know left arm spinner that would be my assumption is kind of why he's there um but yeah, it's it's the, the batting side is of the squad is much of you know it's kind of what you would expect. Yeah, really. Um, you know, even the even the guys that you go from the county side that would have been picked, they're all bowlers. You know, it's really yeah, it's, yeah. it's Mark Watt, Josh Davy, Brad Wheel. They're the three that you go. They're definitely going to be selected. The other ones, well, whether they would, I don't know. I, I know Michael Jones has scored some runs in the county championship recently, but whether that would have been enough to earn a spot. Not the sure. Format, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. George, uh, uh, Gavin Main has and Adrian Neil both did really well as seam bowling options. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see they've gone back to Chris Soul, um, who I know is kind of always touted for having a bit of extra pace compared to some other Scottish bowlers, which does also make me wonder: is are they expecting hard pitches? Who would you have gone if not so? Um, I mean, the o- the only other seamer that's been about has been Ali Evans, but I I personally think Evans Scotlandies should probably be behind him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those though when <coughs> you I've not got the stats up in front of me, but it's when looked at the how like the last twelve months went, and actually you do look at Ali Evans' stats and you go, he's maybe a bit unlucky to to yeah. have just completely fallen away. Um. Yeah, just uh, yeah, it's a fair point. Who would you, who would you have picked? It's easy to always go. Oh, well, it's surprising to see. But yeah, as I say, I mean, you'd have we- Wheel and Davy would undoubtedly be there ahead. But yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess one thing, sort of moving on from this discussion. Um, I suppose a, something that was announced today: Brad Wheel is off on loan from Hampshire to Gloucestershire. Um, I didn't see for how long, but he's straight into their squad for the game against Somerset this week. Um, so hopefully we'll see him in action in the county championship um, yeah. over the next few weeks um, because he hasn't had a shot yet because Hampshire have a quite ridiculously strong seam bowling attack, don't they? Yeah, their depth is very strong. Um, and I still think Wheel might. one of Wheel's problems is half of them bat as well, yeah. which doesn't really help his case. Um, so yeah, it's excellent to see that he's getting that opportunity to go and play elsewhere and usually these loan moves mean you're going to go and play you're not often likely to just get loaned to then go and sit on the sidelines yeah, as well right. so um and it's good standard as well it's, you Absolutely. know in I mean, division one so yeah 
Yeah, so hopefully he can do well there. And, as and per- potential wheel against Davey this weekend. Very it's true. Gloucestershire against Somerset. Yep. Good fact you wheeled out there. Absolutely. The wee West Country derby. Well, where I can never even remember. Gloucestershire play in Bristol. So they do. Uh, that's ter- terrible it's knowledge. Very that. close to Somerset. I know that much. <laughs> 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 it's always one of these counties that I'm like... Where Wait, is that? which one's that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, because Bristol's a pretty obvious city, but um, yeah, I walk about half asleep, that's the problem. <laughs> Hence why I dropped your catch. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, I think, so what do you think? Uh, for another four from four, should that be Scotland's target? Absolutely has to be the aim. I mean, without being arrogant, four from four has to be the aim for every series that Scotland go into in this because yeah. they should be should be the best team in the in the CWC League 2. Yes, yeah, they should be. Um, um, so yeah, it has to be go there four from four. Has absolutely has to be the target. And just how many runs do you think Richie Bennington's going to score in this one? 700. 700. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. No pressure Richie, but 700. But yeah, 175 each game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, legitimately, um, three fifty. I was gonna say three hundred. So I, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, the fact that coming off the back of s- such a recent series, which one of the things I really like about this is it's got on the actually getting consistency of fixtures. Yeah, um, it's good to see, but it does also mean you can kind of carry form. Yeah, which I think yeah. that's been one of the problems. Is it's like, yeah, you've been good that series, but. Congratulations, you're playing six months' time. So, yeah. um, uh, And hopefully Matty Cross can um, pick up his form again. He scored a nice 160-odd at the weekend yep. domestically. So um, hopefully he can bring that back to the international stage too. Yeah, and I suppose that's one of the interest. that's probably one of the other interesting points about the squad is the fact that no other wicketkeeper has been selected. So, I mean, you really are relying on him. And if he goes down... No, probably Richie Bennington. It wouldn't surprise me if he went <laughs> behind the stumps, but um, yeah, I'll be one of the all-rounders. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's a couple of good field, you know, some yeah. good fielders in there. But um, I mean, Carl Coates's brother keeps wickets, so you know, maybe maybe Sean's been giving Carl some tips over the years, and um, he yeah. can uh, he can don the gloves. But uh, yeah, four from four. I think that anything else is a disappointment, really. Even uh, yeah. even with America's improvements or USA's improvements, I think it's still oh they're still a very much mid-table side at the moment. So yeah, they still also they also seem to have a bit of an inconsistency in the squad. You know, we've seen some ex West Indies internationalists and stuff, but they've I think Sir Xavier Marshall's now no longer in the squad and things, and they do seem to have a fairly high turnover of players. Mm. I think it was the last series that they played in. It was. It seemed like about two thirds of their squad wasn't in the previous one, yeah. or, or, or roughly, uh, you know, it was something like that. So that's the fact that Scotland's squad now is fairly consistent. You know, there'll be the odd change per squad, but the, these guys have been playing their trade together for years now, and yeah. I think that is a big bonus they have over many of the other teams. But all the best to the Scotland guys. I did look up how much it would cost me to go out for the week, but when the flights were nine hundred and fifty pounds, I was like. Ah, much can i justify that 
that much. So if any that person who won 184 million on the Euro Millions, if you would like to buy my flights, <laughs> I'm no bothered about Andrew, <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh dear, yeah, well, could come to you live in Texas. <laughs> That would be quality. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, day. yes, all the best to Scotland um, for that series at the back end of the month. Um, and yeah, anything less than four and four, then you're not welcome home. <laughs> wow. Oh my word. Wow. Jesus. I jest. I jest. Anyway, let's you, you take don't our know. chat. You don't. Let's take our chat south of the border. England are on the verge of appointing a new test match coach. Oh, Christ. Uh, Oh, Christ, I. <laughs> Sorry, does this say out loud? <laughs> um, and, yeah, according to BBC Sport today, England are poised to appoint Brendan McCullum as the new test match coach, the new red ball coach. He was initially linked with the white ball job, but it seems that the red one is the one he's getting. What do you make of it? I'm not buying it. That's uh, nah. Nah, just nah. N- nah. Nah. Just so I think y- the experience that McCollum's got is he's basically been in charge of two franchises in T20 cricket. So he's been in charge of the Calcutta Knight Riders and the Trinobago Knight Riders. Um, yep. Won the CPL with TKR. Um, KKR got quite far in the playoffs last year. If you keep using year. these initials, I might have to ask you to leave the show. I'm just kidding. Better than saying it out. Danny Morrison. Well, well, I can't just say Night Riders because it's both of them. <laughs> David, so David Col- Hasselhoff might. Kolkata made it into the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, not having such a strong year this year, but I mean there was the whole mega auction between the two years, so quite unsettled squad and things. So I can understand why it might be trickier to sustain the performance. Um, but he has no red ball experience, and uh, that's uh, the key for me. Yeah, I've got. I think one of my concerns with it is he has no red ball experience. I'll come back on to that side of it. I think you might have to live with that going forward. I saw some rubbish about he was the captain at the start of the sort of West, uh, West Indies, uh, New Zealand sort of revolution yeah. in Test cricket. Yeah, I mean that's strictly speaking true, but I think. I'm not sure I'm crediting him with massive amounts of what has subsequently happened. Um, And I think you look at all the issues that the England squad have got and how Brendan McCullum personally approached the game because that's the only thing you can really judge him on is how he captained and how he approached Test cricket. And I think he is absolutely the wrong character for what England need. England needs somebody who's actually going to get guys to knuckle down and take ownership of their responsibility and what they have to do. And he was an exciting player to watch. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's got a good cricketing brain as well. But I just don't buy that, you know, if they'd come along and gone, it's Raul Dravid. You'd have gone, yeah, I can see how you go. The struggles that England have had and the way that he played, you see how that can tie together. To me, unless he's something staggeringly different as a coach, just welcome to England 150 all out, all over again. 
I I do have a a concern that um there's a lot of talk of Stokes and McCullum is a very exciting prospect because they'll both approach the game positively and aggressively. But I don't think that is yeah what this England side needs. Yep. Um and yeah, Stokes is the right choice as captain. Um I think it was ultimately the only I think it was the, we talked yeah, about that before. Yeah. Um but yeah, I would much rather have seen a more someone with a more reserved approach um to be brought in as the coach or yeah. an established red ball coach. Whether they'd established themselves at domestic level somewhere or as an international coach elsewhere. Um I certainly with Gary Kirsten available would not have picked Brendan McCullum over him. Yeah, it would be interesting to know and whether we'll ever find out it'd be interesting to know how many of these other guys did they withdraw from the process? You know, was McCullum first choice, these kind of things. Yeah. I, I honestly look at it and think if if McCullum was first choice, I just don't understand it, to be quite honest. Yeah. It's um and yeah, you kinda do go, why are you not looking at the domestic if you're gonna go down that road Mm-hmm. And why not a domestic player, like a, a domestic coach? Yeah, you know, at least Ricky Ponton, he's got the same issue of not being, you know, a red ball coach, but he was one of the most successful captains in Test cricket ever. Yes, yeah. So he has the the experience of leading, and yes, I was said that McCallum has captaincy experience in red ball cricket, but and played a hundred odd Tests or whatever it was. Um, yeah, but. Not for the same sustained amount of time as Pontine. I mean, yeah. if you look at that, if you go on the hundred odd tests and things like that, and you know, I know he w- his name was kind of in the frame, and I can't remember if he pulled out. But Alex Stewart, why? You know, he had a yeah. hundred odd tests. Like, uh, I'd argued he did have some of the characteristics of that gritty, hard sort of guy that would really be knuckling down and. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just not really convinced about this move. Is there an issue on the horizon when it comes to um, the likes of your England, Australia and India? We'll we'll take the three big test nations. um, When they come to appointing coaches, with the importance of franchise franchise cricket, or sort of the prevalence of franchise cricket, and the fact that these sort of super coaches or whatever you want to call them yep. are much more drawn to franchise cricket than sort of cutting their teeth in domestic first-class cricket. Yeah. Is this an issue going forward? Absolutely, it's an issue going forward. I remember hearing a, an interview Ricky Ponton did um, just after the Ashes and they sort of... Well, I, he was actually in the interview on the basis of potentially becoming the Australia coach because already at that point there was the conversations. Yeah. Um, and... He basically said, he's like, why would, you know, it was like, why would I do that? I can go and earn millions going and doing the franchise cricket, which is like four months of the year. And I can still go and do media commitments. I can still go and and pick and choose and do things like that. Why would you probably go and earn less money and have a 12 months of a year job? Yeah. Because I get that. Hardly see your family. Yeah. I mean, I I get that they're splitting the posts, but. You're still going to be involved in it, especially for England. 
you yeah. know, you, and well, and all the big three, they still play a lot of test match cricket. And there has to become an expectation for me, if you're starting splitting the roles, you have to be starting to expect that red ball coach to go in when the county championship's on. And if England aren't playing, they should be going around and actually having a look at players. Yeah. Um, and some of the intense workload might not be there, but it's still going to be a pretty full on. Like in terms of hours, it's still going to yeah. be pretty full on. Um, so yeah, but I do think this is going to be a problem because why would you not? Why would you give up all that time away from your family, especially because there seems to be a massive lack of confidence in English coaches as well. Uh, yeah. Which th- I think this is more a problem that England have than necessarily some of the other countries. Although India have had a lot of non-Indian coaches over the years as well. But um, if there's not the confidence, it's guys that may live in Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, wherever, and they have to uproot, and they might not want to uproot their family, so they're not seeing them. I just, uh, yeah, I think this is going to become a problem. And yeah. So, I hope he does well, um, but kind of expecting it to be same old England, really, over the next couple of years. Yeah. Do um, it just one, Does this reek a little bit of Rob Key trying to come up with this really flash, you know, by getting a big name in, by getting an exciting name in? Because if Ponting and the likes told him no, is this the only big name he could get that would do it, and is, do you think some of that's coming to it? Um, I don't know. Possibly, it, 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 I think it's a valid point. Um, in terms of how much do I actually believe that, I don't know. I did. I watched. Key did a sit down with Nasser Hussein for Sky the other day. I think it actually got released yesterday. Yeah. Um, which I sat and watched yesterday. Um, And, I mean, I think Rob Key can speak quite well at times. I think he spoke quite well through. Yeah. Not my favourite commentator, but at the same time, he does speak a lot of sense at times as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't get the impression from that that he was necessarily after a big name. He very much made it clear he was after who he felt was the best man to do the job. Um, but could he have just kind of gone, well, I'm not getting Ponting, I'm not getting Langer, um, and just gone, right, well, McCollum's a big name, then, yeah, possibly, possibly. I just think there was a lot of pressure on the fact that that Rob Key was appointed in himself. Yeah. There was like, you've got no experience, you you know, and a lot of people were very critical of it. Yeah. And it's just like, get a big name in to be the coach and you take some pressure mm. off yourself. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, it reeks to me a little bit of that. Yeah. But we will see how he goes. Anyway, it's predictions time. That was predictable. Hey. Right. So we started a prediction league last week between the, the two of us and... Uh, we both predicted the same games with the same winners, and we got them all right, didn't Geniuses. we? Geniuses. Geniuses. Uh, I mean, it was all pretty straightforward stuff. Um, obviously, we both had jokers to play. We both got them right. So, um, yeah, that went quite well. So, here are the scores after one week. It is an unsurprising 
7-7. Great stuff. I mean, yeah. Not much, I think it was a pretty straightforward week. It was, it was. Right, so this week our NEC fixtures are Meagle versus Arbroath, Forfisher against Perth Ducat, Fruki against Dundee High School, Aberdeenshire Gordonians, Strathmore Huntley, Stonywood Dice against Kinloch. Y- yep. Uh, what stands out to you there? Yeah, I think I think there are. I actually think there's probably three fixtures in that that I see as they're not dead sorts to me. I mean, yeah, Meagle versus Arbroath and Fruki Dundee High, I think are just utterly one-sided contests all day long. Yeah, like I mean, it could be a bit three hundred plays a hundred. Oh, absolutely, they both have that. I mean, Meagle have been in excellent form with the bat. Obviously, Raju scored a lot of runs, team of the week twice. But you know, Alan Neve got his massive score. Okay, followed it up with one this week. But yeah, but he's still, still averaging seventy five across. I mean, it's no bad. <laughs> no, he's not. He's averaging one hundred and fifty. <laughs> he was not out the yeah, first week. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, <laughs> and you know, they've they've been doing well. And uh, yeah, and Fruki are you know we said that they're two of the leading teams and. Probably who I would back to be one and two, actually. So yes, and yeah. to be honest, Arbroath and Dundee High are potentially two. I'd be, b- I mean, Dundee High are going to be bottom, but um, Arbroath will be there or thereabout. I would have thought for being next. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're very one-sided. I'd say Strathmore Huntley is likely to be. It should be fairly comfortable for Strathmore. I'm not convinced it'll be three hundred, one hundred, but I'd still expect a relatively comfortable result, um, particularly because Strathmore are at home. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you're then on to Forfshire, Parthuket. Parthuket had a, a big result against Arbroath. Um, in the T20s last night. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it would be fair to say that I'm not sure it was the strongest Arbroath side out in the world, but still, it was the Arbroath first 11 is what they're competing as. Yep. Um, I don't know what Arbro's approach to the competition is. Maybe that they're not viewing it that way, but it is the CS, you know, the f- qualifier. So yep. um, you've got Aberdeenshire versus Gordonians um, and then Stonywood Dice versus Kinloch. Um, I think of those three, Ducat, yeah, I can, they should beat Forfisher, but Forfisher have got the ability within their squad to to overcome them and Duca over the years have had the ability to just not perform as well. Yes, um, I mean it does. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um Gordonians and Aberdeenshire talked about this. They should be up there, both of them. This is a probably a big game early in the season. It's probably the biggest game we've had so far this season, I would say. Um yeah. so you've got two genuine contenders going head to head. And then Stonywood Dice V Kinloch. Yeah middle ground sort of teams I think so we'll bring our predictions up on the screen so we are in agreement when it comes to the first five so we've both predicted wins for Meagle Perth Fruki, Aberdeenshire and Strathmore and then we're split on the last one so I've gone for Stonywood Dice and you have gone for Kinloch it's your turn to play your joker first well well, I just take Meagle and you can have Fruki then, eh? Is that I mean, you decide what one you want. Yeah. I'll have Meagle. Right, okay, I'll take Fruki, yeah. Happy days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's unsurprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think 
I did, I did. We we did ale and uh, off air to start with him. I think we did have all six, but I was so torn on the bottom one. I was like, sod it, we'll just have something different. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. so just like tossing and turning between the two. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll just have something different. Yeah. Um. So we are guaranteed to have different scores next week. Oh, well, um, no, I suppose we technically, there are ways that... We could, is um, it other? Other? Or maybe not. No, there aren't. So no, we have to have different scores. Yeah, I was trying to think if one Joker lost. But yeah, if you, oh, I don't know. I, I, that's just too confusing. Uh, if your Joker lost, but you won the bottom one. Aye, I think that would result in the same points. You'd. That's too late at night. It's ten past ten, which is awfully early for us recording. But um. Yes, it, you would end up with the same because yeah. you'd both drop two points. But I think we're likely to end up with different points. But Indeed. We, yeah. we shall see. Um, yes. And as always, if you have different predictions, then let us know on Twitter um, or in the comments below on YouTube. Indeed, yeah. On the Twitter at DibDobPod, you'll get, let's be honest, you'll get me there because it's just me that does that. I've so. kind of faded yeah. out of that entirely. Um, you'll get him at DibDobCal occasionally. You'll, I'll probably not respond to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, get us at DibDobPod on Twitter. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment, review, all of these don't, things. Don't review, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, thank you once again for joining us and uh, we will speak to you again next week. Bye, everyone.